Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. We are back. Yeah, baby. Yes, we are back. My God, how long has it been? It's been too long. Yes. We're back on the horse. We are. And we're back to have fun. <laughs> yeah, fun. It's my choice and we're going to have fun. Yes. What's the purpose of your trip to Canada, sir? Fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What's that from, Brian? Fraser Crane. Absolute classic episode. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, seen it. That's just reminded me. Haven't seen it, seen it. That's just reminded me of your your greatest moment a couple of weeks ago. What? Do you remember? No. Okay. Should we share it with people? Go on then. Well, you don't remember it, so shall I share it with people? If you want. We were in the car. Yeah. We were having a little chat. Yeah. And I said to you, oh, there's meant to be a Fraser reboot. We'd already mentioned that yeah. prior to this conversation. Yeah. And I said to you, oh, I, I saw a fact about that, about who'd been cast. Oh, yes. Yeah, now you Best remember. I love the way ever. like that is very slowly brought your yeah. memory mm-hmm. back to you. And I said to you, you'll never believe in a million years who apparently has been cast in the Frasier reboot. Get ready for the noise of a mic drop, my friends. And you literally, driving along, thought about it for about 30 seconds yep. and said... Nicholas Lindhurst. Boom. How? I don't know how I knew that. I'm still convinced you must have read that somewhere and then just erased it from your memory. I promise you, I I haven't. I'm just incredible at this sort of thing. Unbelievable. Like, left field casting. Genuinely, my thought process, and I told you this at the time, was who's the most unlikely person to be Fraser's friend? I thought, oh yeah, Del Boy. (laughs) And then I thought to myself, no, it's not going to be... David Jason. David Jason. Nicholas Lindhurst, <laughs> Rodders. So I just said it thinking you're going to go, don't be ridiculous. And you were like, shut up. And I just, oh, what a win. I mean, I don't want to digress too much, but what do we think of, of Rodney as Fraser's friend? Love it. Yeah? No, not at all. I, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I keep thinking of the good night sweetheart Nicholas Lindhurst, which was fine. Oh, but... uh, I love me a bit of good night sweetheart. Mm, Time travel, sure. comedy. Mm. What's not to love? They did jump the shark quite a lot at the end. Yeah, but all shows kind of yeah. go a little bit. Anyway, that's not why we're here, no, Ms. Beverly. It's not, it's not. But intrigued for the Fraser reboot. Could be great, could be an mitigated disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing which way it goes. <laughs> I feel like I've got false teeth in today. Yeah, I you sound like... a little bit like you have as well, to be honest. <laughs> okay, listen. Yeah. We're back after we a short hiatus. Yes. We're buzzing, we're yeah. ready. Yeah. And I am bringing a absolute classic, classic piece of fun to the table. Fun? Oh, yeah. Okay, I like it. Let's do this. Let's have some clues, please. Okay, clue number one yes. as to my choice this episode. Yep. This film from 1981 Ooh. won the Academy Award for Best Makeup when the competitive category for that was introduced. Twins. <laughs> The Danny DeVito Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Yeah, because Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't play the other twin. It was actually Danny DeVito in both roles, and it was all makeup. Are you kidding me? I thought that was the greatest performance he'd ever pulled off. So okay, so I don't know what it is from that. Okay, carry on, carry Clue on. Two. If you look closely enough whilst watching this film, yes. you may spot a young one. Rick Mail. Interesting. I'm proper pleased with that. Uh, with that clue. Go on. Any idea? No. Nope. Final clue. Yeah. 
This film features an iconic British pub scene. Please tell me what we're about to watch, Brian. Our relationship hangs in the balance. Frenzy! In From 1981? I know. Incorrect. I don't know. Oh, uh, I do know. After your Is Nicholas... it American Werewolf in London? Absolutely! Yeah, yeah. baby! Okay, all <laughs> I right. I was going to say, after your Nicholas Lindhurst triumph, you yeah. were about to fail. But right when we thought we were out, you I pulled, pulled us you back, back in. in. Yes. Yeah, we are going to watch The Absolute Stonker. Not that I'm giving my feelings away too early about no. this. No, and I'm not sure the phrase absolute stonker <laughs> is something you should have on a podcast, but we'll go with it. American Werewolf. Nice. I'm looking forward to this. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go and do it. Let's go. All right, we'll see you in about... And this time we promise to be back about four seconds. Oh! Oh! What a great soundtrack to a great film. Do you not agree? I do in the most part, yes. In the in the most part? In the most wanna, part. You want to kick straight off with a reason to dump you, do you? Yeah, why not? Let's go for it. This was a cracking Come on, soundtrack. we've had a break. Let's go hard if we're going to go. <laughs> um, See you next Wednesday. Yeah. Basically, got to say it, as they walk down at the Slaughtered Lamb yeah. at the start, weird kind of love music from the 70s. Not a fan. Drew me out of the story. There you go. Oh, I don't... That didn't. That didn't sort of... Resonate. It didn't lodge itself in my head, I'll be honest Lodged with you. Lodged in my head, sister. Okay, well, don't upset me before we've even got All going. Right. Why don't we start with a cheeky little synopsis? I've got a synopsis. Go for it. It's from Google. Ooh. It goes a little something What's like this. What's this Google you talk of? I know. I think it's an American thing. Oh, okay. And well. seeing as this film is a, a blend of American and Britishness. Oh, the unique relationship. Seems like a good choice to go for. Let's go for it. Here we are. David, David Norton, and Jack, Griffin Dunn, two American college students, are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. As David heals in the hospital, he's plagued by violent nightmares of his mutilated friend, who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. When David discovers the horrible truth, he contemplates committing suicide before the next full moon causes him to transform from man to murderous beast. Okay. I would agree with most of that. Good synopsis. It is alright. I didn't catch David considering suicide once apart from after he'd already turned <laughs> into a beast, but that's just me. I think I it... thought he was too busy doing boom chicka wow wow with the horny toad that is Jenny Agatha. Don't even get me started on Jenny Agatha. Another reason to love this film. Yeah. Yes. But you bring up a good point there about that synopsis, mm-hmm. Brian. It lacks the entire love story yes. element of the plot, which I would argue is a pretty big part of it. Me too. And that synopsis seems to disregard it all. So what I'm saying is that was clearly written by a man. Jenny Agatha has been sidelined and uh, all men are pigs no that was obviously a joke come on now well I'm glad to hear that Sinead because uh... but that synopsis does lack the fact that Jenny Agatha is quite quite a key element in this film I thought you were going to say quite a keen element (laughs) she was true that she was keen right let me give you the reasons as to why I think this is a great film please do let's go go on sister go for it here we go right I've already said music so we've got the soundtrack so throughout we've got Blue Moon Moon dance, all these great tracks that just 
fit in seamlessly with okay. the whole werewolf okay. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is an absolute triumph of comedy and horror all rolled into one. Ooh. It's it's grotesque, it's alarming, but it's also incredibly funny. Okay. Um, throughout the whole film. Yeah. It's pure entertainment. Yeah. 97 minutes, bish bash bosh, you go in, you get what you've paid for, you're out again in time to get to the pub for a quick half. Okay. What what more does does anybody want when they well, go to the cinema? The other half, <laughs> I would suggest. Okay, well you can have a pint. Thank you. The Britishness of this film. Yes. Despite the fact that it's by John Landis, who's an American. Yes. This film has got so much great British little moments in it and all the locations because it was shot on location. Yeah, yeah. It just oozes 80s Britain. Yeah, I agree. Not only is that nostalgic, yeah. it's just thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. Jenny Agatha. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great, great love interest. Yeah. And strong, independent woman doing her own thing, being in charge, basically leading leading the, uh, as you put it, wum chicka wow wah Yeah, okay. So, Not sure that's strong. Okay. Well, well, but anyway, yeah, we can, carry on. We can yeah, come yeah, back yeah, to yeah, these yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the transformation scene. Yeah. Bloody love it. Okay. Don't I don't like the way I'm, you're looking at no, me. No, I'm not. Jesus Christ, the, you're touching. The transformation scene is amazing. Okay. And I think, how how many years has passed? 81 to 2023? What's that? 42. Thank you. Yeah. you. Do the maths there for me. That's all right. 42 years. That, that looks, that's pretty damn it's good. It's not bad. And finally, my final point. Yeah. If As if you're not convinced enough already. Yeah. Um. The underlying old versus new message of this film, okay, yeah, 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 which I can under- explain a little bit more if you're not sort of instantly getting what I mean. It's fine. Um, I think is very subtly layered under the pure entertainment value. Okay. And I think it's got an interesting message to give on that level as well. Okay. Do you want, do you want me to start there to explain what I mean? Um... Yeah, why not? Or Let's you, do or it. Or you just want to disagree with everything no, I've no, just no, said. No, no, Hey, that's not what we're about. We're here for debate, educated debate. Oh, that's what we, I'm talking about. Is that what our relationship is about? That's what it is. About? Yeah, damn straight. No, okay, you can start with that. I think there might have been a slightly different theme to old versus new, but maybe we're on the same page. So you start with yours okay. and then we'll go with that. By old versus new, yeah. I'm talking about literally sort of the old establishment, the old ways of doing things okay. versus the youth and the new way and moving forward into the future. Okay. So the scenes that we get in London, yeah. I mean, albeit they're, they're now from 1981, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of depict how things are moving forward, how culture is evolving. Right. Um, they're more diverse, obviously, than the countryside scenes. Right. And the city is kind of the life and where things are happening. And the countryside is this old, insular um, way of life that is kind of dying and fearful and not wanting anybody outside to know what's actually going on there. Right, okay. And you've kind of got even the element of... Britain and then the Americans coming in. So the Americans kind of depicting the the sort of the new way of doing things versus the old the old school way of doing things. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. Mm. Um, I agree that introducing the Americans into the English scenario, yes, is obviously new world versus old world. Mm. Uh, I understand what you're saying in terms of, um, you know, the understanding 
of the city folk, of his condition, or mm. at least some of them, not all of them. No, no. And the old world of just trying to cover it up and not understanding it and just accepting it as part of what they have to deal with, whereas the new world didn't necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I understand that. I think that it was actually, um, for me, more of a commentary on the monster that lies within man. Oh, True. That's right. Go sister. for it. So basically, like how, not evil, because that's a word I don't really like, but how sort of this monster evolves from generation to generation unless we actively choose to cut the bloodline, if you like. And I don't okay. mean about killing people, but unless you change the attitude towards old habits. Yeah. So this is basically the same point in a slightly different yeah. form. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But unless you kill these old ways and these old habits of not talking about things, I mean, it could even be seen as a mental health oh, kind definitely. of picture. Coping with trauma. Yeah, and, and how the old world would just ignore it, cover it up. We don't talk about it. It's not something you deal with, whereas the new world is like you talk about it, you're honest about it. And, um, you know, eventually you you do need to, to cut the bloodline if you want. Mm -hmm. But for me, I thought there was a lot of reflections of, of that kind of monster within man. Even the opening scene, right? The opening scene of the truck pulling up and those two getting out of it. Yeah, so we're kind of in genius. the moors and it's all... Because there is the phrase, the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Yeah, and they're in the back of the truck yeah, with the sheep. and they're in the back of the truck full yeah. of sheep. Yeah. And they get out of this truck full of sheep. Yeah. And they couldn't look more New World. I mean, they're wearing jackets that most Londoners wear now. Yeah. You know, um, and they're clearly full of optimism and like, you know, this kind of Americanness that the Brits lack. Yeah. Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of versus yeah. this sort of... And I think the North is the perfect place to start it because, yes, you know, um, having recent experience of the North myself, um, it's an amazing place, but it's very old school. It feels very... You know, because of the landscape, apart from anything else, it's very easy to think of those monsters and myths and yeah, absolutely, and, and stuff still exists. And I think this is what I'm saying about the old, because that's that's very much the image of old Britain, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. countryside yeah. Britain. Obviously, yeah. cities are very kind of different. Yeah, of course. But yeah, if you're in, particularly sort of in England, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you get that kind of old countryside way of life and way of doing things and then these glossy young new americans yeah, yeah. kind of rock up and it's a real juxtaposition between the two yeah and when they walk into the pub best best I pub mean, entry ever amazing though because being someone from the south that has gone into a pub in a rural community not necessarily up north anywhere but in any rural mm. community when you walk in the dart stops midair <laughs> yeah. and everybody just stares at you and you do feel like you stand out like a sword. you're not from round here yeah, are you exactly <laughs> and and then there's that british aggressiveness that actually will turn into friendliness yeah but you have to pass the test and i've had this in every rural community i've ever been in mm. they will make a joke about something that's important to you mm to see if you laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, like his whole Alamo joke about throwing the Mexican out of the plane. Yeah. It's a test that a lot of rural communities do. And I mean, you know, I come from a rural community originally myself and I've seen it, you know, where they will purposefully kind of 
go for the throat yeah, to try you and drag you down to what they because they perceive you at a higher level so they will try and drag you down to their level by going for the throat and if you can laugh it off they'll be lovely mm. they'll be friendly it's perfect but it's actually a really aggressive way to try and redress that balance 100%. of power and yeah, and I absolutely loved the fact that they were like, everyone, can I get some food? No. Good. That's what a fucking old-fashioned pub used to be like, yeah, right? No you food. can buy food in a pub. Liquor. We've got beer exactly. and liquor. That's it. That's all you get. Maybe a bag of nuts. Done. Exactly. You are done. And um, yeah, that, I just liked that. And I just liked the locals, um, the fact they were playing chess. Yeah. You know, which is that real sort of... It's a real juxtaposition to have a local pub with people playing chess in it. One podcast very, episode, very juxtaposition used twice. I know, right? Who'd have thunk it? Holy But um, Mary. absolutely amazing that was. And, you know, it's that kind of, I don't know, for me, it was that, that thing of how do you reflect that old world and that man's world because it's a very male world well i think the only woman we see in the pub is the the landlady well this is what i'm talking about if you think about the women represent the representation of female in this Mm -hmm. sorry i'm I'm kind of thinking at the same time as i'm talking so if i drift a bit tricky yeah i know (laughs) not easy (laughs) but like the male world are in the pub all the blokes that are just trying to resolve it with basically ignoring it Mm -hmm. or violence are the men yeah and the woman behind the bar is the one going, you can't let him go. You yeah. can't leave him. The compassion is the woman. Yes. Right? Then when he's in the hospital later, the detectives don't care. The man from the embassy doesn't care. Ah, and again, the old and new thing comes in because yeah. the guy from the embassy on the way out, he says something along the lines of, these kids don't appreciate yeah. anything. Yeah. And again, it's kind of that, you know, the, the older sort of, I'm trying to help you kids. Yeah. And obviously... It's not... Yeah, and then the only people that actually care about him and will listen to his problems are Jenny Agatha, the woman. Yeah. There was a weird point in that as well. I didn't understand the Jew comment. You know where she goes, oh, he's a Jew, I've had a look. Yeah. What was the point in the one promiscuous nurse? So, yeah, Nurse Gallagher. Very, Mm. very inappropriate misconduct, I would say, at at just basically perving at your uh, patients and checking out their uh, downstairs. Yeah. I mean, mm. she should have been struck yeah. off for that, I think. Yes. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you Jenny Agatha taking your patient home and sleeping with him the day he's released from hospital, borderline questionable, I, well, w- I would say, but I'm going to let her off on that. I'll one. be honest, when I saw that, I thought, oh, I'm feeling a bit rough. Yeah, I thought, oh, I need <laughs> oh, I to get down. Go, yeah, I need to go to that hospital. <laughs> I need to get down to where hospital. I must get there. Because she'll sit by my bed for eight weeks. I'll tell her I think I'm a wolf. And then she'll. Uh, Shag me bendy. Go on. <laughs> Shaggy bendy. Yeah. Well, look what happens to him. He was mental. Um, question. Sorry, go on. Um, three weeks. He wakes up in hospital. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, they get attacked by the werewolf. Yeah. Jack is killed. Yeah. David ends up in hospital. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and then he wakes up in hospital. Three weeks later, yeah. And they inform him it's three weeks later. Yeah. And his parents have been informed. Yes. They don't make any attempt to fly over, considering his. Well, well, he got there somehow, didn't he? What did he come over by boat? I don't. I don't think so, Brian. Um, yeah. They make no attempt to come no, over. No, no. And his friend has been killed. His body flown home. The funeral happened. He apparently hasn't woken up for three weeks, and his parents haven't rocked up to check if he's okay. My I, mum would be there. 
Yeah, I know. I know your mum would. I understand. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I don't think it would have added anything to the story. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, he could have killed his parents. Can I also say? Matricide. Okay, that but, would have been nice. What's it called if you kill your father? To be Patricide? honest, I don't know. <laughs> you, you've, you've way later my point here, woman. Go I was on. talking about the monster within every man because also there was the points. And the two points when he felt really good were one after he had the boom chicka wow wow with Jenny. Uh, yes, after he And the and second was after he'd been out on a night of killing people. Correct. And woke up with other animals and then sorted himself out, decided to... While in the nude... Approach. Sorry, hang on a minute. Sorted himself out. That makes it sound like he went and masturbated. Uh, no, That, that doesn't happen. I Not missed that scene. Well, it didn't sound like that to anyone else until <laughs> you just said it, weirdo. <laughs> so I don't know what Sinead's been watching, the soft porn version of this. <laughs> See you next Wednesday. But, but the fact is, um, where was I? The two points... You've upset me now. <laughs> the two points at which he, he oh, yeah, was, it was most... after he'd had the boom chicken wow wow. Yeah. And then after he'd been on a night killing people and he was all frisky. Correct. But, you know, even that, the morning after, he wakes up and you can tell it's 1981 because I don't believe in a modern film. As a naked man in a park, yeah. you would approach a school child <laughs> and offer him money. Come here, I'll give you two pounds. <laughs> Essentially, he flashed at that young boy. That young boy's going to be scarred for life. I don't think the young boy seemed particularly bothered to be honest. It's not even something to joke about. No, it was just like, come here, I'll give you a pound, I'll give you two pounds. No, no, no. No, no, no. And then he jumped out naked from behind a bush. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be, that that, that scene would not be happening. And when he's standing in the line for a bus, Mm. standing in the line for the bus, wearing a woman's coat with nothing on underneath, Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, oh, giving him the eyeball and talking, and he's like, oh, lovely weather we're having. Having lived in London, Mm. having... Being a resident of London, when you see a gentleman nude in a fur-lined coat standing in the queue for your bus, and that's not that unusual. It could happen. As a rule, you don't chat with them. No eye you contact. You leave them well alone. Completely agree. Yeah. He was getting evils from the guy next yeah. to him. That wouldn't that happen. That wouldn't happen. No. You'd just be looking at the floor. Yeah. You'd be minding your own business. You'd look Whatever he wants to do, that's up to him. I just don't wish Completely to get involved. Agree. But I had a, a bit of a, a question mark over that. Go on. You know, similar to my where the hell are his parents. Yeah, go on. It's a little bit of a practical one. I don't believe that that woman would have had change in her coat pocket. So therefore, how did he pay to get on that bus? Yeah, I thought that. And then I thought, Brian, is that relevant? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I genuinely thought that for a second. I really did. There was a conductor on that bus as well. So they would have been they I would know. have been going around asking for his for his cash. I agree. So that was a little bit, a uh, little bit off the mark. But yes, there. so we we we're saying that you know. So basically, my original point was this: this about man and the monster of man. Agreed. I think the women in this were strangely actually quite dominant sexually. Jenny was very, very. I mean, talk about share. Hello, I've had seven lovers, three one-night stands. Yeah. This is my bedroom. I'm going to go and have a shower. Want to join me? No, so, no, holy no. crap, sa- Jen. She says, and I actually think this yeah. is a great way to, to say it. I might use this myself yeah. next time I see a nice bloke out and about. Yeah. Perhaps you'd like to watch telly whilst I take a shower. Yes. Um, think uh, it, thinking he'll give the telly a miss there, Jenny. Yeah. Well, you know, and also traditionally might just be me mm-hmm. but you close the door when you've got guests to have a shower you mm-hmm. tend to lock it well no she was she was she was, she was, she was uh-huh. like, you know, well, like I a did siren write. call i mean i must admit when that scene was going on <laughs> i did write nurses in london are amazing you don't get that on the nhs <laughs> 
had a pretty nice flat for um, yeah, not bad, is it? An NHS nurse. I know as where well. that church is. That's Chelsea. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a hell of a flat. Ain't no way, because the scene before they yeah. go to the shop and yeah. he comments on the prices and yeah. he says, "Oh, how do you afford to live?" And she said, "Oh, carefully." And yeah. then she takes us back to this quite, you know, yeah. spacious Chelsea apartment nice that she lives in flat. on her own. By the way, she's got terrible security on her windows. Just saying. Yeah, well, you know, back in the day, you could leave your door open, couldn't you? Nobody, nobody ever, uh, nobody ever robbed you. No, what I want to say about Jenny though is, I loved the fact that she was a strong, dominant, knew what she wanted, and made no bones about it, woman. Yeah, rather, like rather than you know, kind of being this kind of almost taken advantage of or kind of convinced and and lulled into it she was a very strong independent woman she didn't need him but she bloody well wanted him and she was going to let him know and then she was going to have some fun and the only thing that really stopped him in the end yeah i know he got shot technically but what actually stopped him attacking in the end was the love of her of the woman exactly so the only thing that can stop the monster within a man is love i mean it's quite a deep story if you look at it really sorry talking of the wolf Let's talk about that transformation scene. Love, love, love it. Rick Baker is the special effects maestro. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were calling me Rick Baker. If you if you recall in my clues, yeah. that, that won an Oscar yes. in special effects in Not this surprised. film. Not surprised. Not um, surprised. Amazing for the time. I loved it. I mean, the prosthetics on his mate, Jack, as well. Yeah. Amazing. And With the, the fact f- that... His skin flapping on his neck where it's been torn open and stuff. It's great. I think my favourite Jack yeah. is, um, obviously, after he's been killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he first sees him in the hospital and the skin is all kind of fleshy. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like you say, it's hanging off. Um, I think that's my favourite Jack. I love the fact that he decomposes each oh, time yeah, you yeah, see yeah, him yeah, and he yeah. kind of gets worse and worse and he ends up, you know... Yeah, green with bits falling yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... The, the the last version of Jack that we see in the porno theatre um, is is very kind of creaturey and very yeah, yeah. Um, it looks quite prosthetic-y. Yeah. Whereas the the first version of him, I just I just think that it just looks brilliant, and the fact that they're kind of having this incredibly sort of normal, for want of a better word, conversation. I mean, not normal because he's telling him he's a werewolf and he needs to kill himself, but you know. They're, they're kind of conversing in a very normal way, even though the fact that his face is hanging off and absolutely love it. Comedy, horror, mwah. It's a little bit <laughs> It's a little bit like my love for comedy and music, Brian. Oh, yeah, we know about that. As we know. Yeah. And you enjoyed a little bit of comedy and music last night. I did, but we don't need to talk about that. Shout out, shout, little shout out for Herbert Clunkadunk. That's it, shout <laughs> him out. That was it. I couldn't remember the name, so that's why I said let's not talk about it. Fantastic little series. If you've not seen series. it, 10 minutes on yeah. the iPlayer. Amazing. If you like a bit of absurdity, dip Amazing. in and have a little bit of a laugh. Talking of absurdity, why is it that if you're in Yorkshire, you're attacked by a wolf and you're driven to London? Yes. That when you do your transformation into a wolf, you become Rod Stewart. <laughs> For about 10 minutes of his transformation, he was laying on the floor. I thought, God, he looks like Rod Stewart. I know. Yeah, he did. Didn't think yeah, that at all. Absolutely. Do you know what Rod Stewart I thought he like? wears it well. <laughs> No, but he did. He did look like Rod Stewart. That was like the most Lee Mack joke I, know, I think I've ever heard. Copyright Lee Mack. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lee. But no, he did. Uh, no, he, he did. didn't, darling. He did. Um, he on. looked Let, just like Rod. Hold your horses or hold your wolves. Okay, I'll I'm hold I'm making wolves. a note of that. Hang on. Rod Stewart. He did. Absolutely not. He did. He absolutely did. 
He was laying there for about 10 minutes going, ah, ah. And I have to say at first, the very beginning of it, two things. One, he left the flat door open all day. Someone yeah, that, would have walked that was in ridiculous. and said, will you shut your mouth? Ridiculous. Because he was shouting and yelling. <laughs> will you shut your mouth? Yeah. Oh, I see when he, he was, was screaming in pain. shouting and yelling. But all of a sudden, he was sitting there watching the telly or whatever he was doing, reading, I can't remember what it was. And suddenly he went, ah! Yeah, ah, I loved that. Did you not I'm love that? Up. I thought, what a drama queen. We've all got hot. You just, just, just take your T-shirt off. Chill. And not being funny, I've seen you have that sort of reaction when you stub your toe. Hey. So if you were literally... R- body was ripping apart to become yeah, a, I've had that. a werewolf. I've had that, sister. I loved that. I loved the fact that he suddenly just instantly and but, exploded into this kind of, oh my God, oh my God, and he just ripped all but his clothes off. Isn't it amazing though, to be fair, actually thinking about it now, that that is, yeah, like this monster, it's a wave that comes over. Mm, like men mm, are usually calm, yeah. but when they lose it, they lose it. I mean, I'm talking about werewolf stories in general, not just this one. And also but, Incredible Hulk. But yeah, but he couldn't yeah. help himself either. Well, could you wouldn't he? like him when he's angry. Oh. But no, but do you know what I mean? It's that monster that all men have the within monster them. Within. That if they lose it, it's like this uncontrollable beast, mm. and they can do anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. The other Sorry, thing about the transformation, I agree with you. Yeah. And the other on. thing about the transformation scene, yeah, that that particularly disturbed me. Yeah. And this comes back to my fear. Similar, similar fear of standing on broken glass with Betha. Oh, go on. When his heel extends, oh, so yeah. his his hands yeah. sort of start like... to extend his wrists, and then we get a oh, shot of his of his yeah. heel, and he's kind of pressing his toes into the floor, mm. and the heel extends. Yeah. It makes me want to vomit, Brian, yeah. because the thought of my heel tearing or being slashed by glass or a knife in some way, I find disturbing. Okay. And that's just a little fear I fear I, I choose. The fear you fear. I fear, fear, I fear. <laughs> fear. Just a little fear I fear. I'll tell you what fears I fear. Yeah. <laughs> Do you fear the fear no, itself? There was a scene for me that was much more, like, Horrific. really gory. Like, if I thought about it, mm. there was weird Nazi pig things. Ah, the dream sequence. Well, it wasn't just one, was it? I mean, because there was Multiple. the initial dream sequence. Let's talk- Where he's uh, decided to go for a naked run in the new forest. That was a bit of a I enjoyed one. that one. Let's talk a little bit about the dream uh, sequences for a second. Dirty girl. I liked the early dream sequences because they were tied into the werewolf thing. And it was this. It wasn't just because he was naked. That was just an added bonus. Um uh, they were, you know, they were. T- your room. <laughs> they were tied in. My room's your room. Um, that ooh, that was that so was creepy. Wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Do you want to watch the telly while I go out of a shower? Oh God! Jeez. I can't continue that. Jesus Christ! That man was going for hours. <laughs> Day turned to night. That was incredible. That was. I wrote that down. Where did I write it? I was like, they're doing it for ages. The montage seemed like hours. They were just... First, it was soapy sex. So yeah, that soapy, soapy sex. sex. <laughs> then they sort of finished the soapy sex. They're not finished yet. They go back to bed. They're rolling around for about four hours. She was having there. a great time, wasn't she? There was yeah. there was one bit where we were just looking at her face. And I thought, yeah. she's, having a, she's having a great time. She was a bit. Um, no, the reason I liked the early sort of dream sequences yeah. is because they were tied into the, uh, the moors and the werewolf and kind of running. And they were kind yeah. of... I wasn't a huge fan, yeah. and I never have been. I've watched this film more than once, and I've never been a huge fan of that zombie 
attack on his family. I know, you see, I preferred that to the early ones. Ri- yeah, what? the early ones. Why? That, that, that thing of like just trailing through the leaves, like a poor dog's oh, POV shot. Oh, I like that. Shot. I no, like no, no, the POV. Don't like that. that felt totally different budget to the rest of the film for me. That felt like just a cheap shot. Like We need something to fill it in. It's not making sense. Get the camera and run out there with, with the camera and just run through the leaves. But I like that. I find it a disturbing uh, sort of... No, but not as disturbing as Nazi pigs. No, no. No, I like the Nazi And then holding the knife to his throat while yeah. they killed his family. Yeah. And then they killed him. That was harsh. That was amazing. I like that bit. So you preferred the Nazi zombie scene? I like Nazi pigs. Well, you know, you're wrong. However... Just to clarify, in this film only. I, d- I, I would say that um, when he wakes up, mm. or he, th- he thinks mm. he's woken up from mm. that dream. Oh, yeah. And, and then he kills Alex. Jim. Yeah, the nurse comes in and then from behind the curtains, yeah, the, the zombie comes out and kills her. That was good. And it was a real jump scare. And I thought that was done really well. But that other sequence, I, I, I it, it's... It's a part of the film I've never particularly gelled with. No, fair enough, fair enough. Talking of Alex, by yes. the way, it did seem slightly incongruent, by the way, that's it. Talking of Alex, by the way, um, how many times, I'm going to ask this question of our listeners. Hi, Mum. Now, I'm going to ask <laughs> this story of our listeners, or this question. How many times has any gentleman watched a woman read while she thought he was sleeping or whatever and then gone, you're a very beautiful girl? <laughs> And she's liked it. <laughs> Come on. So he was in the hospital bed. She started reading to him. Yeah, and he wakes up, but he watches her. She doesn't know he's awake. Then as she stretches to reveal her bosoms, he goes, you're very beautiful girl. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't think he says it like a cross between Harold's steptoe. That and... was proper pervy. And then she's like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, she's but like... they were already having a little bit of a flirt, weren't they? Oh, I mean, and the way she, she was feeding through, him. Then when he's having... Can I say mm. a what's the best way to put it? Episode, a mental health episode. Yeah. And she runs in and he's clinging onto the bell for dear life. Yeah. And she goes, Oh my god, David. And he just turns around and sticks his tongue down her throat. And apparently she goes, Oh, not your pervert. She's she's fallen for him, Brian. Love makes you do crazy things. <laughs> you do crazy <laughs> things. Crazy, crazy things. Look, while we're talking of crazy things. I think now is the perfect time for a few facts. Nerd alert! Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? It was the first film in 15 years allowed a permit to film in Piccadilly Circus. The studio execs wanted John Landis to cast Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi as the two leads in the film. The fake porno film, See You Next Wednesday, was the first part of the movie to be shot. Director Edgar Wright cites the film amongst his many influences, and he thinks it's the perfect intersection between horror and comedy. I have to agree, Edgar, indeed. To get the film an R rating, John Landis tamed down the sex scenes that Brian clearly thinks were incredibly long, and cut a shot of toast falling out of dead Jack's ripped open throat. After seeing the film, Michael Jackson called John Landis and wanted to turn into a monster. Hence, we got the thriller video. The werewolf transformation scene took one week to film. And finally, John Landis offered Rick Mayle and Aid Edmondson parts in the film. Rick turned up and was cast and we saw him in The Slaughtered Lamb. Aid Edmondson 
didn't believe Landis, so didn't show up. And the rest is history. Wow. Well, if there's ever anything to regret, I would say that's up there. <laughs> I know, he could have been... I've always said it, in... regret what you have done, don't, don't regret, regret what, what you, you have done. Well, maybe he just didn't care. Maybe he was maybe. like, go, go ahead, Rick, I'm not interested in being well, yeah, in a... true, he might have said it's just a bloody movie. cheap horror film at the time, probably. Aid, if you're out there, let us know if it's a regret of yours. Well, I'll probably see him, won't I, at drinks on Thursday, so... Oh, you can check in with him then. Well, yeah, I might ask him. Oh, I don't know, though. I don't think he's drinking at the minute. No, I, <laughs> Dry I January. Yeah. <laughs> it's February now. He can have a little. Ah, he can have a little snifter. That's all right then. Um, yeah, the first film in fifteen years allowed a permit to film Piccadilly Circus. Looking at the state of Piccadilly Circus, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Apparently, he because um, he'd made Blue, Blues Brothers at this point, yeah, yeah. so he got uh, three hundred Met Police in to see Blues Brothers. So ah. basically, he bribed his way to get a permit to film Piccadilly Circus. Well, that's great. Because Michael Winner, he'd made some comment about he could never get permits, so he just used to jump out of a car, oh, right. film a bit, and then jump, jump back into in. the car, and then bugger off. I mean, basically. let's face it, a lot of people are doing that, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, but that is, as I said, the other reason that I love this film, amongst yeah. many, um, is this fact that it is shot on location, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that you do get this Britishness to it. And now, even more so, this nostalgic kind of sense of Britishness. So you get Piccadilly Circus, you get Trafalgar Square, you get the tube. Oh, yeah. Don't the tube even seems get amazing. me started on the Tottenham Court Road tube platform and then running through the tunnels and getting to the escalator. So the, the, the yeah, businessman yeah. is trying to escape David, who's turned into the werewolf. How can you not love that? Oh, scene? I love that. And I, the first thing I thought when he was standing there on his own, you know, when he heard the noise, he bought some gum, which we both thought was a cigarette machine. And we're like, what? Well, there's no, there's no. Um, machines on on tube platforms nowadays well, not when nowadays. did they disappear probably 41 years ago well they weren't there in the 90s either i don't think late 90s that's 30 years ago oh, so the fact is where is time going i know but what i thought was amazing i thought yes on the rare occasion so actually probably during covid and things like that or late at night when you're at a station and you're on your own yeah it's terrifying it is the most disconcerting thing ever yeah it's horrible. those places are Fucking petrifying mm-hmm, when you're on mm-hmm. your own. And imagine if you were on your own and a fucking stray dog was in there. Mm-hmm. I would shit my pants. <laughs> and then I thought as he ran out and he fell over on the escalator, yeah. I thought, that is painful. That- For the actor, I just thought, it's so painful to fall on that metal grid in. As somebody who oh has taken God. a tumble. Oh, God. Sinead fell on her knee once in Ooh. there. She got carried upstairs no. by the Brixton bloody staff. She got taken in for a Shout cup of out tea. To the Brixton tube staff. She got they given a cup after of me. tea. They wrapped her knee. I mean, honestly. I think he nearly offered me his uh, sandwich. Offered... Oh, well, I wonder what you were going to say. <laughs> no, no, literal sandwich. That's not a euphemism. Right. He took me into the little little room, yeah. staff room. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think he was going to offer me his uh, lunch at one point because I was so distressed. And I wonder, sorry, just to move on back to the film. I wonder if in 1981 they actually had skin flicks on Trafalgar Square. I get the feeling they might have done, you know, because that's where an American sweet shop is uh, now, I believe. Well, it's Piccadilly- Ripley's Believe. Uh, yeah, it was Piccadilly Circus, but yeah. That's what um, I meant, sorry. Yeah, I reckon they did. Because yeah. it's right, it's on the edge of Soho. Yeah. So I reckon... Yeah. And I just... I mean, I've always found it an odd phenomenon. I know yeah. they still have that sort of thing. I th- I've seen the entrances to them in Soho. Oh, you've seen the entrances, yeah, have never. you, Brian? You've, yeah. As you've been walking past, you've just I've seen the entrances. I've always found it a very odd phenomenon to want to go into a theatre 
and watch porn with other people. with other men. Yeah, basically, because yeah. if there's a woman in there, <laughs> I would avoid her. But like, it's just very odd phenomenon for me. I'm going to go sit in a cinema scenario, yeah, and try and get the horn. It's just something I've never really worked with. Okay, I mean, but there you go. You're starting to protest a little bit too oh, much. Oh, and the but... cabbie in London, mm-hmm. he's the old guy from Snatch who's got the pigs. The cabbie. So is this that when um, David and Alex get in the taxi Cab to go to, go to, to the hospital? Yes. Yeah, and he talks about the murders, right? And he's the cabbie at the front, and he's the oh, old guy in Snatch. In Snatch, who talks about the pigs, and I wonder whether Edgar Wright. Oh, oh the Snatch wasn't no, Edgar Wright, was uh, it? it was Guy Ritchie. He, Snatch. Maybe he was in. That's a little bit of research for you to go and do, isn't it, Brian? Anyway, I wonder if he was picked because of that. Because I love that. As soon as I heard the voice, I thought, I know who he is. Oh. I know. I'll feed you with the pigs. <laughs> I will like that coming back to the Britishnesses of it yes please um, do and also we get this um, the montage of when well it's not really a montage but David's at home and he's yeah. bored and he's kind of walking around the flat and doesn't really know what to do and he, oh, yeah. he opens the fridge and goes I'm not even hungry closes yeah. it which we've all done yeah how many yeah, times yeah. have we oh, all God, done that during lockdown how many times did that fridge get open and closed yeah I probably sent the bill sky high yeah um, he turns on like a little television yes he does and the first thing he sees is the BBC test card. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. the girl with the yeah. noughts and crosses. Then he switches over to the darts. Yes, very um, And then he ends on a News of the World advert mm. of, of some oh, yeah. woman basically selling her sort of salacious story. Yeah, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it. I just absolutely loved it. And I just think, you know, considering this was an American director. Yeah. All these little sort of it it could have been a very different version of Britain that we got. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that kind of American kind of like we normally well, normally, but quite often we'll get that chocolate box version yeah. of Britain, won't we? Um, and I liked the fact that we got a kind of a more truthful version of Britain. Do you know what I mean? So talking of Britain, mm. here's a question for you. Mm. Do you think it's British culture that turned him into a monster. <gasps> so is that actually an American's comment on the British are monsters and we've got this modern world, this enthusiasm, this positivity and actually British cynicism, British culture will turn American, the most positive person into a monster? Oh God, that's a lot to unpack. I feel like it's that a comment com- on colonialism. Isn't I, it? Yeah, I feel like that comes back to the old and new thing again mm. that I was banging on about. Mm. So, so from this ninety-seven minute balls out horror comedy entertainment, yeah, delivering film, yeah, we have found commentary on colonial. Co- co- yeah. Help me out here. Colonialism. Brian. I know. Yeah. I'm the, these you know, words, you were saying it. Yeah, that's fine. These words are not coming easy I to know. me as I, I age. Um, Proof of it, just there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brain, absolutely no, Yeah, like colonialism, it. strong woman. We've yes. got that. We've got the love element of it. Exactly. We've got the monster within man. Exactly. Trauma, mental yeah. health. Yes, definitely. Because this is definitely a common commentary on, on, on mental, mental health, health yeah. and about how we deal with it yeah. and about how we convince people that they that mm. of how they are feeling rather than believing somebody yeah we have to try and control what they are thinking yeah and, and rather than and to tell them, them that they are not correct in yeah. what they are thinking and when he went for help and asked the policeman to arrest him and started losing everyone was like you're just pulling a prank you're yeah. a mental case yeah. basically yeah and 
Yeah. If they'd have actually offered him help, people would have had lives could have been saved. We've learned a lot. We have learned a lot. All from oh, this. Oh, and also I've learned that in the eighties, British bobbies flooded to a scene very quickly. They, they were responded there. quickly. They to really that. did. But I would also say that 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 people are rather stupid. Because, well, there was scre- in general, or so just in so film? when the British bobbies flooded because yeah. they were trying to trap him into the cinema, yeah, they pulled the shutters down. Yeah, there was absolute chaos. The the box office woman was screaming. It was absolute chaos. There was clearly something awful going on. Everybody flooded over to check out what was happening. It's a little bit like when a fire alarm goes off in a building and everybody leaves, but then immediately stands outside the window. I'm... Move away, people, or you will die. Yeah, I agree. But what was a nice relief? Everyone flooded to it, and not a single mobile phone came out to film <laughs> the scenario. Was because we've literally seen that where we lived in London, haven't we? Yes, people love to have a someone. There was a raid or so, of some sort happening, and everybody just stood outside and filmed it. Yeah, and I'm thinking, not really something you want to film. I would have thought. I think everybody wants to uh, get a viral video these days. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, that's basically to... what they're after. I think that's what it? people yeah. are. If I can get hundred thousand views, I'll become a star. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I'm Australian. <laughs> so, Sinead, I think we should move on to the scores because. Clearly, you're a lover of this film. And, I love it. I love and, it. I, uh, you know, I'd happily talk about it for a lot longer, but people have got lives, they've got jobs to do, and they can't just listen to us all day. Well, fair enough. I don't I don't blame them for wanting to live their lives. So after a strong return to the podcast, and well done you. Great choice, right? How many tapes are you going to give this film? Well, given everything that I've shared with you, yep. given the fact that I think this film is not only immensely watchable, but immensely rewatchable. Go on. And I think it ticks so many boxes. And in my mind, is a bit bit of an 80s classic. Yeah. I am going a strong... Go on. Four VHS tapes. Ooh, nice. Four out of five, baby. That's not bad. That's not bad Are you going to match all. me? No. Oh, you're going to go higher. So I love... This film, well, I say love. I like this film. I don't love it. It's a good film. It's a very good film, right? Um, I think that most of the performances are fantastic. Most? Did you have an issue with then? Come I on, just spit find, it out. No, no, no. It's not that. But sometimes I find the posh English accent went a little bit kind of... You know in a Hitchcock film where everybody seems a bit stilted sometimes in the way they deliver it in the British versions? Because it's just weird to hear, I suppose. I think... British and American accents together, the British yeah. it can Stop. end up have making British accents sound very stilted yeah. and a little fake. Yeah. yeah. So that the weird comment about him being Jewish didn't really understand, didn't feel the need for it. Mm. Um, and sometimes the little dog runny scene through the woods and some of the chat kind of I thought was a little bit older school the pacing went a little bit up and down is that just because it's an older film yeah I think so I don't think any other reason you know I can't have a go at it it's a good film but I'm going to go three and a half I'll take that three and a half is what I'm going to go and they're my reasons and to be honest I should probably give it four because you gotta love the soft porn film in it which was hilarious the moments where she like answers the phone hello yeah he's not in and then hangs up again just butt naked. It's like, <laughs> just the sort of rubbish that's, you know, just prevalent in that sort of thing. So I thought that was great. But um, yeah, no, three and a half is where I sit with it. 
Sorry, Mr. Landis. I know next time we meet, you'll probably be like, oh, you've got a nerve. <laughs> you've got yeah. a cheek. Yeah. Uh, so that's seven and a half VHS it is. out of ten. That's not bad. For American Wealth. I'm that's not sure not where that puts it on a par with other... Well, it's not Bloodsport, but it's not choices. bad. We're going to have to do a little uh, a little comparison, I think. I'll, I'll, before before next time, I'll have a look at what we've scored other yeah. things and nice. see see where that sits on the older. Uh, Nice. Reasonsometer. Nice. Just, nice. just came out I like that. that. I like that. I feel we got a little bit carried away before we had our break anyway. We were going fours and fives for anything. Well, you know what I mean? We were obviously a lot happier then. Yeah. A <laughs> little, little, <laughs> so, little bit of misery brings you back down to back down to the ground. So, Sinead, have you got any reasons to dump me at all? No? I have. I oh. have. I've got three solid reasons three? to dump you on the basis of this. Okay, go on then. Number one. Numero un, as they say on the Tricolor tapes. I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I just wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Therefore, it's a reason to dump you because you clearly don't share things with me. Never knew you had a nurse fetish. Nurse fetish? You said, if nurses are like that, I'm heading off down to the hospital. Oh, come on. She wore the nurse's soft porn outfit for a start. That's standard NHS issue. Yeah, but can I say, what's Mm. funny is... The other nurse, Nurse Gallagher or nurse whatever, Gallagher. had the standard NHS <laughs> outfit, right? Which is the same outfit. But yet Jenny's had been tailored <laughs> to hug her figure perfectly. And it just made me smile because I just thought, yeah, she's got the hat on, the perfectly. I thought, God, I mean, yeah, you might as well go boom, chicka, wang, wang. It was that Do film. you know what? That's that's the fourth reason to dump you. What's that? Rather than just say sex, you'd rather say boom, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> Hey, I'm not a pervert. Right. That's what you say. Boom, chicka, wang, wang. Okay, that's reason two. I'm with a lady here. Reason three. Yes, go on. Rod Stewart. Hang on, reason three. Where's reason two? Boom, chicka, wow, ah, wow. Okay, sorry, sorry. Reason three. You think part, part way through the transformation scene to Werewolf, he looked like Rod Stewart. I can prove it. I'm going to find the picture. Do us a comparison because I don't think you know what Rod Stewart looks if like. I'd have gone, if I'd have started humming We Are Sailing, you'd have gone, oh my God, he does. Trust me. Trust me, it's God. the head. Trust me. Listen, can I just clarify something yeah. to you? If you're doing an impression of somebody, it has to be genuinely good. You can't just rely on quoting their catchphrase or singing one of their songs. Sorry. Because then it's quite clear who you're Sorry. trying to be. Yeah, you knew who it was, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Good impression. And my fourth reason to dump yeah, you. Yeah, go on. Probably the most important one. Yeah, go on. You preferred the Nazi zombie Pigs. dream sequence yeah. Yeah. to... The other more relevant, in my opinion, dream sequences. Yeah. You're incorrect. <laughs> okay. Well, and it's there's a, a good reason to let me go. Well, yeah. Exactly. Set me free, sister. Let me run naked through the woods. <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you want. Yeah, that's true. We're near the we're near the Yorkshire Moors. Can you, you give me a couple running? of quid in case? <laughs> where are you going to put that? If you're running naked through the moors, where the hell is the coins going? I'm just using it but to. L- oh, I don't even want to say anymore. So, <laughs> thank you very much, Sinead. That was reasons to dump you. Thank you very much, Brian. That was reasons to dump you. It was. If you've enjoyed, you can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. You can tell your friends. Yep. You can tell your werewolves. You can tell your nurses. Yeah. You can tell everyone down the slaughtered lamb. You can. And don't forget, you can catch me tomorrow night on Radio 2 with a boy who slayed the dragon. And it's my story about how I joined the Welsh Rugby Union team in the late 1980s. So, with that, thank you very much. Cheers, Bri. And uh, we will see you next time. I think we'll... For my choice. (laughs) 